traveling through another dimension. Another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. But of mind. A journey into a wondrous land, land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Tonight on the Twilight Zone podcast, we once again hit the road to the new Twilight Zone. Now, last year, we took several stops along that road uh, as we discussed our hopes for the show, what we expected, and all those developments that came out. This year, I think we're only going to take one stop along the way because we, we kind of know the shape of the show now. But my good friend on that journey last time was the one and only Zach Moore. How's it going, Zach? What's up, Tom? Happy to be back here in the fifth dimension with you. Like I said, Zach, you know, last time it was like, oh, there's a new trailer. We need to talk about it. Oh, there's <laughs> a poster. We need to talk about it. There was so many little stops along the there's way. There's a casting but... announcement. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think we need to kind of blanket cover the thing uh, this time around because we, we kind of know the show. People know whether they like it or they don't and, uh, and mm-hmm. what to expect from it to a degree. Obviously, a new season brings with it new possibilities so it debuts on june 25th and uh, but i guess something that does bear a little discussion is they've made the decision to drop it all in one go which is kind of strange considering all of their prestige shows on cbs all access like uh, mainly star trek i guess they space them out but they're, they're dropping it all in one go what, any thoughts on that zach well, it's interesting that CBS All Access has chosen not to have that model up to this point. Mm. So them changing it implies that there perhaps there's some changes behind the scenes. I know that you know to to put your your business cap on, right? Uh, CBS and uh, Viacom Paramount have like remerged because mm. uh, back in the mid 2000s they split, and that led to a lot of Star Trek split, which is which I'm very aware of being a Star Trek fan. That's why I had the movies on one side and the TV show on the other, and, and okay. ne- never the two shall meet for several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when back in the 90s, there was some crossover between the two because it was all under the Paramount CBS banner. All that to say, things are changing behind the scenes at CBS All Access, so maybe that's just, they're going to be their new model. Maybe they're going to be more like a Netflix or, uh-huh. or a Hulu where they're like, okay, this is the day, go watch everything. And... You know, from a financial standpoint, it actually makes less sense because yeah. if you wanted to watch the show, you'd be like, well, okay, I'll sign up for CBS All Access for one month mm-hmm. and I'll watch all those shows. I mean, there's 10 episodes of season two of the new Twilight Zone. Yeah, I mean, 30 days is plenty of time to watch that. I'm sure the Uber fans will watch it in one or two days, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you're done, mm-hmm. right? But then if you release it, you know, week by week, which I know people are like, why don't they release it all at once? People were frustrated when they found out that's how they're going to release, you know, Star Trek Discovery and et cetera. Uh, but it, it makes a lot more sense just from a business model because you keep people subscribed and it gives you time to like assimilate each show mm-hmm. and you think about it. You, you this anticipation for the next one. I mean, I remember for season one of the the, the Twilight Zone. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't know like episode titles or casts for like. Uh, the way we do now, like there's a list now of like all the, uh-huh. all the titles in the cast. And I think, you know, we knew some, but there was like, you didn't know what was coming next. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were kind of trying to guess. And that was kind of exciting as well, because I'm like, okay, I, I have no idea what's coming up on episode like six or seven. Once you got past that initial, you know, trailer uh, mm-hmm. for the, for the season where you saw a lot of the first episodes. So 
there are pros and cons to that. I mean, obviously, it's exciting to get it all at once, but at the same time, it, uh, the, the binge culture uh, <laughs> does change the way you watch shows. Mm-hmm. So a- as much as maybe the, the, the first season was, was a blur, this will be a super blur because it all happened at once, and, it'll, and you, you know, no, no one will necessarily watch the first episode when I know even even there was some confusion here on the podcast right back in yeah. season one because they announced what was Nightmare at 30,000 feet was going to be the first episode so we talked about it and mm-hmm. we were anticipating it and then they released the comedian and Nightmare at 30,000 feet at the same time and technically the comedian was the first one so all, the order is all out of whack so I don't know yeah. there'll be more things like that <laughs> going on so I guess that's my lo- long answer to a very simple question for you there Tom. I have some thoughts about it. I mean, I've been reading online. Some people are speculating that it's because of the situation in the world at the moment, you know, the COVID-19 thing. Mm. Um, and Black Mirror, I think, I'm, I'm not sure how true this is, but I, I've seen someone writing that they're holding off from releasing new episodes because I love Black Mirror, but it's it's not a walk in the park, is it? It's pretty grim it's, it's most of depressing. the time. It's very depressing. It's very You can only take so much of that. Exactly. Um, So some people are speculating that they're just putting it all out. So it's not like, okay, as the weeks go on, oh, here's another Twilight Zone. And it's just like, you know, uh, a depressing kind of thing. But that would suggest that they're all going to be tonally quite bleak, which we'll get to that in a minute. So I don't know how true that is, um, but it certainly makes it interesting from the point of view of covering it on this show, because the only way I could I could really just do it quickly is if we didn't have the listener participation. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I, right. I could conceivably say, okay, well, I'll just get them all recorded within a couple of weeks and, you know, just release them. You know, I would then have to jettison the the listener side of things, which I thought was quite fun last time. We had a a whole range of opinions and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So in my head at the moment, I'm still thinking I'll go weekly. Um, But then it's a situation where by week 10, you're talking about a show that a lot of people (laughs) might have (laughs) finished watching uh, weeks ago. So it's interesting you know but what can did you they, do did they not stop and think about you when they made this schedule tom that's my main <laughs> concern you know, jordan <laughs> you could have called and just went over this with me i would have you know but anyway there is that so we have a trailer now the thing is when there's a new trailer for like star trek discovery or picard or something you can say oh my god data's in it or oh my god look at this or look at that with the Twilight Zone trailer, it's a, it's a different kind of experience because nothing really means anything until you actually watch the episode. But how do you feel right. about the trailer anyway? You know, I, I like this musical style they've come up with for the, the trailers. Like, dum-dum, dum-dum, dum-dum. Like, it sounds, it's very updated Bernard Herman-esque with just the strings and it's a really cool way to update the the feel of the theme without having to go do 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 the entire time. Of course, they incorporate that, mm-hmm. but they they found a way, which I applaud, to like give you that 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 flavor of Twilight Zone music and ambiance with their with the way they present these trailers. And mm-hmm. and they're sticking. It's the same. I mean, it's the same kind of. It might be the same exact track for all I know, but the stuff they were using last season in the trailers, which I also found very effective. So uh, it, it's mysterious, but it drives the energy and it feels like Twilight Zone. So that that's a huge component. And yeah, no, I, I thought it was a as always with these trailers. I thought they were very good. Yeah, uh, I I noticed all the little Easter eggs in there. I guess they're going to continue that. Hey, remember this from mm-hmm. the old Twilight Zone? There's a little 
little invader there from the invaders. Uh, and there's uh, the glasses from... Uh, time Enough at Last? Time Enough at Last. I was like, what is the name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just the glasses from there, which is interesting because they've already referenced Time Enough at Last in the season yeah. finale she, uh, yeah. where she's walking up the, the library steps. So we're going to keep going back to that. And and I was looking for other references. I, I didn't see any other objects yet, but mm-hmm. I did notice there was a HAL 9000 from 2001. Did you... Did you... <laughs> Did you see that? No, I never. I, I mean, to be honest, a lot of them go over my head anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not one of those who, who comes off it with a list. I mean, obviously, you can't miss the invader. It's just, right. you know, it's such an iconic kind of image. Um, I, I mean, I'm cool with all this. I don't mind it. Um, I think my favorite type of reference is where it's like, you know, I, I don't need the kind of reference where you see someone looking at their phone and it says Mr. Beavis in their contact list or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm not too, I'm not too bothered. That's a about great it. idea. I need that. I need that in the new Twilight Zone now. <laughs> well, they did that in the last season. I don't think it was Mr. Beavis, but it was like mm-hmm. someone picked up their phone and it was like, you know, Mr. Dingle or whatever. Um, but the the ones I like is where you could conceivably say, well, this has taken place in the same universe as yes. an episode, like the Busy Bee Cafe or something, or the the Whipple technology. Those kind of mm-hmm. things are, are, are the sort of references that I like. So, yeah, I'm cool with that. I mean, the trailer overall, I guess what they've got to do, because none of it makes sense out of context, is just build intrigue. And I think right. it does a pretty good job of doing that, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I definitely think so. And and speaking of the busy bee, you did see a busy bee cup on the ground as well. Mm-hmm. So they're continuing that uh, that mythology. And, and yeah, no, there's a lot of intriguing stuff here. Like I, uh, you know, you and I were talking a little bit off microphone before this, and mm-hmm. uh, the the Joe, the Joe McHale part. And I was like, oh, is he on an alien planet? Is he an astronaut? It's like no, he's just in he's just in the Arctic. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it looks like we have a variety of locations and things like that. And uh, although they are. All Earthbound, Tom, which is, I know is something that, that you had some thoughts on moving into season two. It's too hard to say. We we don't know what's <laughs> coming yet, but I was kind of hoping that we would get some alien planets, you know, maybe different time periods, those kind of things. I mean, they might be there because we didn't see any everything up front with the last one, but I think that would have been good to sort of try and work within that space some of those twilight zone traditions so i'm hoping maybe there's a couple of surprises there because it all does look uh contemporary and earthbound mm-hmm. at the moment yeah it's it's like the not too distant future of now sometimes i mean there are a couple episodes in the last season like uh six degrees of separation freedom I'm six degrees of kevin on, bacon yeah all, yeah that's what i was thinking i'm tanking on all episode titles for this <laughs> Excuse me. But that one was like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of the future a little bit, but it's kind of now, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's a kind of the, the, the space it exists in, which is, you know, speaking of Black Mirror, the same space that show also uh, exists in. But yeah, no, I, I would, you know, let's have a Western, right? The, not that the Westerns are any, I think, I don't think there are no Western Twilight Zones in my top 10 or whatever, but that's mm-hmm. part of like the show. Like the year is 1865. And this, right, like, let's, let's get some of that in there. Maybe, maybe because of Westworld, they want to, they think, like that's they don't want to go there, but I mean they're going mm-hmm. into Black Mirror territory a lot, going to Westworld territory a lot, right? Don't be afraid. Um, that that's the thing about the anthology shows, like you can you can do anything, so you don't you don't have to stay on Earth, like you know, like lots of shows 
film in Vancouver, Canada, and they find ways mm-hmm. to go to other planets. So you, you guys can too. So, so, so we'll see. I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's some more, some more variety. Although, although, you know, getting back to what you said about the intrigue, uh, I, I did like how at least, at least there's a variety of things on, on earth, right? There's like, seems to be some kind of, they're doing some kind of tarot card thing, mm-hmm. which is a classic. I think, uh, I can see that being like a, a classic trope of like, you know, destiny or nick of time or something like that, right? Somebody tries to avoid a fate or get trapped into it. Uh, looks like they're, they're doing some, maybe some isolation episodes, you know, I think of like, you know, the, the thing or something where they're in the Arctic. That's where my mind goes when you have like a team of, you know, scientists or explorers in, in a cold environment, maybe they're doing something yeah. like that. Uh, so, so yeah, there's, um, there's, and there's, there's also one with, uh, and we can talk about some of the actors here as we talk about the episode titles, uh, at the end, but, uh, where there's a woman that is, seems to be stuck in between moments in time, like the, like the world is under maintenance. And I, I know for a fact there was an episode of the 2000s Twilight Zone like that with, uh, Christopher Titus, where he's like, he's like, and like people are like preparing or fixing time and he's gets stuck in between and i think there's an episode like that of the 80s show yeah yeah as well so i don't know if that's a remake or just a just a concept they're copying but that's that's where my mind went immediately when i saw that huh. uh parts those parts of the trailers so interesting interesting i think as well if they are going with the whole uh loosely linking everything which i i really liked in the last season um mm-hmm. having things set in different times could you imagine that there's an episode set in the old west or something or or whatever time period and that's the episode but then you could also have a time travel episode where someone goes back in time and it's sort of in that time period and Uh. and that other episode is kind of the backdrop to that one they don't have to be necessarily connected but you know, you could share certain characters, you know, interesting stuff like and that's, that. That's a smart production, too. It's like, well, we built this set for the Western. Let's do yeah. a time travel where we go back there. And you, you, you know, time travel is something. They haven't done time travel yet. No, I don't think they have, have they? That's like a staple of science fiction and the Twilight Zone as well. So that's, talk about, I, I want to see some time travel at some point in, the, mm. in this show. Definitely. We do have a list of episode titles. I mean, much like a trailer they they don't mean much out of context really um but i think what what really sticks out to me and it's hard to tell but there are some quite existential sounding titles like win rosenfeld has written one called the who of you so uh we have one called a human face uh jordan peele wrote one so there's one called a small town interesting so again it's hard to tell it's all speculation but it's kind of one of the things that I'm hoping for. I mean, let's get into that, that we are mm-hmm. we get some more kind of existential type stories, uh, stuff that the t- original Twilight Zone was so good at, but this one hasn't particularly touched on that much yet. Mm-hmm. Like, you do not exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, identity dialogue in this. Uh, who are you? Discover who you are, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's the more, the more internal look at things which is uh, another classic twilight zone angle so uh i know that they said like each season would kind of have a theme like Mm. the first season was truth and maybe this one is identity i i think i read that somewhere along the way talking about these so maybe that's what what their angle is going to be this season but yeah no those look cool uh I, i like those those introspective stories I think there's a lot of potential there because, you know, depending on who the main character is or whatever the journey is going on, mm-hmm. uh, you can go through that. Now, I mean, they can't all be like, you don't exist. 
or something. <laughs> so uh, I, I do. I, I wonder the different shades they can do with that. But and, and you're right. The trailer. I mean, it really tells you nothing. I don't know. You, you don't know who is saying what to who, or you know what yeah. episode this is from. Yeah, it's funny because I think in in the. Uh, in the season one trailer, I, I think that you could you could really tell like, oh well, this one's from that episode, and this one seems to be this is the one on the plane, and this right. Mm. But this one, I'm like, I don't know. Anyone could be saying anything to anyone other than the, like Joe McHale in the Arctic, right? This, I, I can't I can't tell you what episode is what. No. To me, it seems like you have you have that one, and you have the uh, the like the tarot card one mm-hmm. uh, with the guy in the tarot card shop, and then you have the one uh, with the time being frozen. And there are some other ones sprinkled in there, but I have no idea where these other bits and like these Easter eggs. I have no idea what episodes they're in or anything like that. But no, I I think that's I think it's a cool uh, if they're gonna have a theme this season. I think that's a that's a cool theme and one that's universal and timeless, which is I think something that we had talked about after the first one. Everybody, the general I I feel that the general consensus was okay. You did some some more rip from the headline stories. You know, let, now let's take a step back and do some more universal human mm-hmm. condition stories as opposed to hey guys. Did you see in the news the other day? Let's talk about it on the Twilight Zone. So, Yeah, yeah. As far as themes go, like I mentioned to you um, before we started recording, the, the main poster has the word escape on it. And I've seen different graphics here and there. Like on the main one, it's above the words the Twilight Zone. So it's kind of like escape the Twilight Zone. And then on other images, it's in different places. So I kind of like that, that there's a subtitle for the season, if you like, and that we're going to learn how that all ties together. So, I mean, let's just kind of go with our hopes for the season, really. Now, there was criticism that, you know, like you said, a lot of ripped from the headline stuff last time round. Um, A lot of people said it was too political. I personally feel that, without getting into that too much, there was people saying that the Twilight Zone shouldn't be doing this kind of thing. And and then I saw He's Alive for the first time the other week. Mm-hmm. And that kind of put all that to bed for me. I mean, I never really thought it anyway. But He's Alive, you can't get more on the nose than Hitler coming to speak to Dennis <laughs> Hopper. You know what I mean? So it was never my opinion. I, I You know, I respect people's thoughts on that. But it was never my opinion that anything they did in that season was something that Rod Serling would disagree with. But by the same token, I wouldn't want a whole season of He's Alive. Exactly. There's a place for it, but let's have a balance of, of yeah. both, in my opinion. So that that is my hope. That I don't mind a couple of things looking at whatever current topic kind of thing and putting it in a and putting it in a Twilight Zone package, but I, I think we need to start seeing some of those other things now. And and it seemed to be at the end of season one, you know, spoilers, but I think even if people haven't seen it, uh, the end is out there. Uh, mm-hmm. That sailing cameo was pretty much saying that. And that was the whole episode was dealing with the angst of how do we create another Twilight Zone? And because the first thing that pops into people's heads is like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, tackling these topics. So it was almost as if sailing was saying, okay. That's fine, but look look at the wonder that is out there, you know? That seemed to be the point of it. So going in, I, I do think we'll probably see different shades of things. So that's my hope, really. What about you? Yeah, and I think uh, it was interesting. I, I wasn't on my top 10, right, if, if I was going to rank the other the, the first season. The, the season mm-hmm. finale would probably be somewhere in the middle. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, that was mind-blowing, but I thought it brought some interesting ideas 
especially when the it, it seemed to be a commentary on itself before it even knew what the conversation was going to be because obviously yeah. these were all made before they were released and you know obviously a lot of the conversation was I, the twilight zone should be this no the twilight zone should be this and they actually talk about that in the show right where it's like well no it should just be uh to monsters and scary stories and a twist i'm like no there's more to it than that and mm-hmm. and that the show itself actually you know grapples with that which i thought was very meta and very cool uh Although one of my hopes is to not see the CGI Rod Sterling again, <laughs> to be honest. Like, obviously, we did that. Very good. Let's move on. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think finding that balance of telling a well-told tale and then like, oh, wow, you know what? That made me think about my current situation. And I, and I think mm-hmm. the beauty of the Twilight Zone and other great science fiction being used as parable, right, like the original Star Trek as well, uh, is, you know, it can make you look at an issue and then you find yourself you know, opening your mind to it or siding with the other side than you would in real life. And mm-hmm. then you're done. And you think about it like, oh, wait a minute. That I, mean, I think it's helpful for these to, to, to these kinds of stories to make you come to your own conclusion, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of it showing you what is literally happening in the world and you already bring to it what you, where you, what you think about it, where you are on it. And then you leave that episode like, Oh, well, of course I, I still feel the same way. Right. And I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, back in the sixties, right. There were in the fifties for original Twilight Zone, there were sensors and they had to like slip stuff in. Right. And now mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who make, you know, Star Trek or Twilight Zone now they're like, now we don't have to worry about having to sneak by a message. But yeah, but but that was part of like the the genius of it. Like it it, it kind of snuck in like a message to you that made you reconsider things and re- reframing things from a science fiction point of view made you kind of reframe your worldview from time to time. And that, you know, like not everything was some amazing soapbox, you know, going to change your life, change your worldview episode. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, it, it was really it was a very smart texture to the show and the DNA to 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 weave that in there with the cool storytelling which then made you reconsider things instead of, you know, showing you a current event, right? Mm-hmm. And be like, "Oh, yes, I agree with, with about guns." <laughs> for example. Although you know, but you know, just just for the record, I feel like that uh, the Blue Scorpion. Mm-hmm. I got that title right. Oh yeah, very good. Yeah, I think that was actually one of the best ones because there was a lot of ambiguity there about like, wait, did the gun make his life better or worse, or is that what is it saying here? Right? But that creates conversation, and I think that's the best thing about what these stories can do: they create conversation where you where you debate like, well, what is it saying? What how does that apply to us? That kind of thing instead of us all lining up into our predetermined points of view and yes, I agree, show. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. That's what I'm hoping for to create more conversation, not about. Not the conversation of, is this the Twilight Zone? This is terrible. Not that kind of conversation. Conversation mm-hmm. about like, oh, that's interesting. You know, we'll have this and that and us. And well, what if this person was in charge? And what if we went here and there? That Those are the human condition stuff is what I'm looking for. So that, that, that those are those are my hopes, to have conversations spun out of the concepts they're presenting mm-hmm. as opposed to, I don't think Rod Sterling would have approved of this show. <laughs> so, so that's that's what I, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm saying. I get it. I get it. I do think a lot of the stuff in season one was more universal than it was given credit for, because I, I do think there is a, a thing these days of if there's a sniff of social commentary, you know, mm. it, it's like no, you know, it's too woke, <laughs> it's too this, it's too that. Um, even one of the most hot button topic uh, episodes the immigration one mm-hmm. i can't remember the name but po- you know the po- point point of origin 
Well, look, you're on a roll, Maybe? man. You're yes. on a roll. <laughs> I better stop now. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that was putting across a, a political point of view, to be honest. And uh, that's going to be kind of controversial to say. But for me, that was putting us in the shoes of someone whose world changes overnight. And it was saying this could happen to any of us. So before we make our decisions on any of this, just remember that there are people at the core of it. You know, so it wasn't saying, no, you should let everyone into your country. It wasn't saying you should close the borders. It wasn't doing that. It, to me, it was just saying at the core of this, there are people and we could all be those people at some point. And I think at the moment with COVID and stuff, we've all got a taste of our worlds changing overnight. Uh, luckily mm -hmm. for most of us, it just means staying home. But for other people, it could be a lot worse. So, so I think that was an episode. And even at that point in the season, for me, I was like, oh, I'm starting to get a bit fatigued with this stuff now. But looking back at it with the distance of time, I, I don't think it was as, as political as people might suggest. Well, it's interesting you bring that one up, right? This has become like a, a mini season one discussion, but it, it you know mm. it leads into season two, projecting forward. But I, I actually really enjoy that one. That that might be my probably second or third favorite one of the whole season. And it's so interesting mm -hmm. that like I'm sitting here, I'm like I think that's maybe too political. And then that one, I was like, oh, that was great. Like the to <laughs> me, that that is the kind of politicized episode that I'm looking for, right? Because that it, it's it's stylized. I also like that just the whole production value of the episode. By the way, it's just really mm. cool. It's the stylized future. It's like. Like the it's like retroactive if the fifties were now kind of uh, aesthetic they had going for it that that kind of set it in another world and it turned out to be another world or was it our world I don't know again conversation you can have and then also how they framed it where like you thought it was just a woman who was kind of a victim of, of bad circumstance and got thrown into something she didn't deserve and they're like oh wait no she really did come from that other world but mm -hmm. you're on her side it's like, again you're, you, they put you on her side and then they put her in the situation and you sympathize with her and then they change they reframe it and you're like oh what a twist so anyway I, I liked that one a lot and i found the reaction to that quite i was taken aback by how people seem to be upset by that one as uh -huh. well and my and my favorite one is is replay Right, which is which, mm. which is one of the most politically charged ones I'd say. Which is, you know, I, I keep saying ripped from the headlines. That is very ripped from the headlines. But again, they they weave it in to a to a science fiction concept. They sell you on this family. They sell you on this this mystical object, right? And then they weave in the the the, uh, the social issues uh, mm -hmm. that 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 episode deals with. So I mean, that, those are good balances. So I'm not saying either or, right? I I think that the, there are plenty of examples in the first season where they did do it right. Yeah. Uh, so, so the, if they have more episodes in the flavor of those, that's that's what I'm looking for. And it's interesting because no matter what episode you mention from the first season, it seems like there's a people are across the board. Like I don't think there's one you know consensus about like which mm -hmm. episodes were this and which episodes were that. Uh, and so it was always the other thing about you know these new Twilight Zones. It's always interesting to see what everybody else thinks afterward, yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. you know I'll, I'll come on here and I'll like oh I'm sending Tom what I thought da 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 da, da. and I listen I'm like oh wow okay I, I, a lot of other people disagreed with me that's that's interesting and that's part of the conversation. So it is, and and I think as well with the distance of time. Uh, because I remember at the time we talked about Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet, and it was like, it was like coming to open your presents on Christmas morning when you're a kid. You're just tearing the paper off stuff, and you're just like, and and I think we probably missed. Uh, there was a lot of kind of subtext in that that I didn't actually get the first time round, and it was just like, mm -hmm. 
you know, oh my God, look at this, look at this. But, you know, that that's the way it goes when you're doing a weekly show, isn't it? When it, it, it first comes out. But, uh, right. And then one other thing, just looking forward to in season two, is this, this, this cast of actors. Like, there's a lot of recognizable faces that, mm. that uh, I know from other shows. You've got Joel McHale and Jillian Jacobs from Community. Uh, you have Damon Wayans Jr. from Let's Be Cops and uh, The New Girl. You have uh, Topher Grace, who who has really, I think, turned into a great actor over time since he left <laughs> that 70s show. Uh, he's going to be in one. And then uh, Christopher Maloney from uh, Law & Order SVU is, a, is another really familiar face of mine. He, he's popping up in one. So, And then uh, Monica uh, Beckerin from Firefly. Uh, mm-hmm. And Gotham, which I'm not the biggest fan of that show, but but she was in it. <laughs> so, but also from the Deadpool movies. Uh, so, I, I it's cool now to have like a new Twilight Zone with people that are famous from other stuff you like. It's like the reverse mm-hmm. of the original Twilight Zone, where it's like, hey, look, it's William Shatner, Dennis Hopper before they were famous. Right now, we're getting yeah. kind of the the other end of that. So, you know, it's just cool to see these actors in these these anthology shows, situational stories that you would never. That these are kind of the things that the the Twilight Zone presents to you now, mm-hmm. making it now, as opposed to, you know, back then. So anyway, I, I just want to mention that. I think that's cool. And I'm looking forward to seeing other episodes that, that I might not be excited about for whatever reason, like because there's, oh, I, I know Joel McHale, right, for example. Yeah. I'm excited to see what they do in the Twilight Zone. So anyway, I just wanted to, to get that in there as well about season two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think as well as the, the writers, Jordan Peele doing one, that's, that's cause for celebration. Uh, Win Rosenfeld. I I don't know whether he has been a writer in the past or he's just trying his hand at it. Uh, he was on this show the first uh, for the first season, so that's going to be interesting. I think Glenn Morgan. I think he only does one, which is mm. a shame, really, because he was the most he was the MVP in the first season for me. I liked his episodes the best. I think so. That's a shame. And he has he's from the X Files, so that's that's this yeah. that's all part of his DNA for, for, for decades now, writing this kind of stuff. So we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of unknown, uh, but I look forward to exploring it. And and that kind of brings me on to something I want to close on. I said for the first season, if the Twilight Zone begins and ends in the nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties, I can get on board with that. That is a valid point of view. Or if someone has tried this new Twilight Zone and they don't like it. Absolutely. You know, everyone has their own uh, expectations and and visions of what the Twilight Zone should be. So I completely understand that as well. I'm not calling anyone a hater if they don't like it, but I'd also ask that if you're not particularly interested in this new show, last time round, I did get a bit of flack for actually covering it, which is kind of blows my mind, really, that a Twilight Zone (laughs) podcast wouldn't cover a new Twilight Zone. Um, But but what I will say is this, you know, Zach, you do a a great show called Franchise Fatigue, where you talk about movie franchises. And if you're covering a franchise uh, that I haven't seen yet, or one that I'm not particularly into, then all it takes is to look at my phone and swipe that one out of there. And I don't have to listen to it. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. But I recognize that there's going to be a lot of people who do want to listen to that. So, you know, I don't send you angry messages for saying, Zach, why are you covering these movies? Cover some (laughs) ones that I like, you know. Um, So all I'm saying is I get it. This, This isn't going to interest some people, but it's only for like 10 weeks or something. And last time I even threw an episode of the classic show in there as well. So all I'm saying is, be patient, be cool. If it's not your thing, then just sit tight because 
Uh, I've got less than 50 episodes to go of the original Twilight Zone. And when they're done, this podcast, uh, it's going to be over. There's going to be nothing after that. We're taking the scenic route, but I think we're right to do that with a new Twilight Zone. And if I didn't like it, if I didn't think it had any value, then I wouldn't cover it. But I don't think any less of people who can uh, intelligently say, I've tried it and I don't like it. So I'm going to sit this one out. I, I respect that, but I would just ask that, you know, you give me the respect uh, and, and other people who, who want to see this coverage, the respect to, to just be nice about it. It doesn't take much to just be nice, does it? No, oh. that, that is bizarre. You're right. Like, stop covering the new Twilight <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, but yes, I, I, this is a, look guys, this is a cultural phenomenon, right? I mean, this, they're bringing back you know, if not your favorite show, one of your favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have mixed feelings about some of the new Star Trek shows as well, right? So I understand that people have mixed feelings about the new Twilight Zone. Just fandom is a complicated thing. But yeah, I mean, like, obviously, the Twilight Zone podcast is going to cover <laughs> the new Twilight Zone show. And then we're going to get back to the other shows. And like Tom said, once they're once they're out, there's no more episodes. So let's just, it, it's, it's a good thing that we're taking the long route <laughs> to the end of the <laughs> original five seasons, in my opinion. So, Zach. Will you join me for an episode or two of the new show? Well, I don't know, Tom. I'm kind of over the new Twilight Zone, and I prefer you stop <laughs> covering it and cover the original. But yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, I, I will be back to, to discuss one or two of these with you. It's, it's a lot of fun. So Good. I will, I will look forward to those episodes. So, Zach, where can people find you out there on the World Wide Web? Well, you can find me personally on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-S-E-H. I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Will in a Smallville. We talk about each and every episode of that young Superman show over there. You can find us on Twitter at Always Smallville with one S. And as you mentioned, Tom, I'm a co-host of Franchise Fatigue, a podcast about movies, reboots, remakes, sequels, and when franchises get fatigued. Uh, I am a co-host with also a friend of the Twilight Zone podcast, Mr. Brandon Shea Matella. So mm-hmm. you can find us on Twitter at UFP Earth. All worthy of a listen, definitely, definitely. Okay, thanks again, Zach. I uh, I look forward to getting into some of these with you in the near future. Thanks, Tom. Me too. So before we get to that new show, we are delving back into the classic one, and I think we'll probably get two or three episodes out before we we get to the new one. So so next time out, it's Jess Bell, and I hope you will join me for that. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.